Welcome to Talking Health Tech. My name is Peter Birch. This is a podcast of conversations with key players and influencers to promote innovation and collaboration for better healthcare enabled by technology. With me today is Yanni Sapanos. Yanni is a health tech innovator, digital health advocate, podcaster, and founding CEO of coreplus.com.au, an Australian digital health practice management software for allied health practitioners, clinics, and private practices. He's inspired and motivated to modernize healthcare and achieve a vision of a world of integrated digital health empowerment for all people. CorePlus sits in the middle of an ecosystem of current and emerging health tech innovations and add-ons that help not only transform the way allied health systemize their business, but also reimagining the way modern healthcare is being provided. CorePlus's mission is to connect, help and grow allied health providers with the right tools and empowerment so the delivery of modern healthcare services can better fit the lives, schedules, goals and aspirations of healthcare consumers while supporting the clinicians and practitioners to practice in a happier way. Hey, Yanni, how are you going? Oh, fantastic. Thanks, Peter. Thanks for having me on. It's it's good to have a, another fellow podcaster on the show. I'm putting you on, on that side, but I think the, <laughs> the conversation that we'll have today kind of spans a, a few different things. You're another individual who's involved in many aspects all touching the digital health space. There's a lot to cover in a, in a somewhat short amount of time. How do we start? Like, what, what's your story? What do you do and, and, and why do you do it, Yanni? Well, look, uh, I, I'm, I've just personally been a, a big a fan of the technological and industrialization of tech project that's unfolded in, uh, in recent times over the last sort of almost 30 years now, probably a little over 30 years since the inception of internet in a more pragmatic way in our lives. And just very passionate about technology, saw it as a big opportunity to actually reimagining the way we actually live our lives and not just in terms of our social lives, but also our professional lives. And as the journey unfolded for me, I'd I'd gotten involved in startups over the years and uh, I was involved in what I used to call, still call actually any tech, which is basically any kind of solution set involving technology across sort of any type of industry. And uh, a number of years back, I actually had some personal health issues and it really brought home to me what I was hearing in the community around me through friends, family of some of the challenges with with the healthcare system broadly. There was seemed to be so much opportunity to actually bring to bear a technical mindset and a, a system mindset to actually try and improve the way that healthcare can operate and underpin I guess, a, an opportunity for healthcare to be reimagined and actually start to evolve itself to be more fitting with what we are fast becoming used to as consumers of internet and technology and a lot of online services where, you know, we're integrating our lives basically in, in, and we're purchasing goods and services domestically, internationally, all over the place. We're relating to our friends and our social circles online. We're communicating remotely. And so, you know, healthcare is a service. It's something that we need to actually support us through our own goals as individuals. And so it seemed to me that it would be a good use of my time and energy to actually uh, bring my background in uh, technological entrepreneurship as well as uh, commercial and M&A background to fold those kinds of skill sets together and cooperate with, with fantastic and innovative clinicians out there to actually produce some really cool stuff in terms of digital health innovation. Look, and it's interesting, you know, hearing where people come from as well in our kind of area. Sometimes they're they're developers that have somehow been involved within the health space. Sometimes they're clinicians that see a particular need, and other times they they come with a more business mindset. Often, they you know, everyone either has a has their own story to tell, like you say, of health 
issues or a problem that they've identified where they see technology needs to be better utilized to to solve that problem so it's, it's always interesting to hear that kind of background thank you it's i'm uh, sorry peter i was just going to say it's it's the tech in of itself doesn't necessarily imply the tech is the silver bullet I think it's a combination of um, what the tech represents. It kind of provides a set of rails for cultural development. It actually provides an opportunity to help transform culture in the, I guess, the uh, clinical and business setting of healthcare so that the, the way that it's, the technology is actually being evolved to support people to actually then be able to work within that new framework or within that new way of doing things to deliver healthcare and ultimately get better outcomes and better results than um, uh, the previous way of doing things as well. Mm-hmm. So I think I'd lo- I like to qualify that because I think there's too much um, belief that just putting systems in, putting a piece of technology in is going to make things better. And more often than not, without the cultural evolution to come with it as well, the tech's underutilized and it's not really delivering all its productivity, all of its value proposition. Uh, it's probably been very good at marketing itself, but it hasn't actually made a real difference. It's probably, if anything, complicated people's lives within healthcare and, and business settings as well. So I think it's it's finding that Venn between how culture changes and what technology has to do either to lead that change or to support that change. Totally. No, I really like that. In, in a practical sense then for you and in, in your circles, what is bit off script, but let's let's delve into that a bit more then. The cultural side of things, what does that actually look like? What does that mean? Well, I guess a really obvious example for me at the moment of um, transformation is the uh, traditional model of consumers going to healthcare. Mm. So we have to make an appointment to a particular location. So it's very regionally based. In other words, healthcare is going, I'm over here, come to me and I will provide you services. And so that's something that we can all relate to because we schedule our lives to try and achieve that when we need to access healthcare. But now that we have um, telehealth, for example, and we have um, the ability to actually not just see and hear each other remotely, but actually be able to send and receive data and and other types of information from a long distance, we can uh, start to see that it's no longer critical, well, with the exception of um, the type of healthcare that somebody's actually dealing with, but um, there's more evolution now. The healthcare system can be more consumer-centric It can actually be a little bit more customer focused if you want to look at it in that business language so that um, the healthcare system actually goes to the consumer and provides the consumer services on their own terms, you know, in a place and in, in in a space and a time that actually makes sense for that individual. I love it. I love it. That's good. That's good. Look, uh, tell me a little bit more about Core Plus. That's one of major solutions. The typical thing, like what is it, who's the customer and what problem does it solve? All right. So Core Plus is aimed at providing patient and practice management for allied health providers of all size and shapes and structures. And so in broad terms, that's mental health, physical therapies and nutritional health and wellness. And there's a a number of subsets within each of those broad categories of practitioner types that could actually use the uh, software for running their main parts of their healthcare businesses on a day-to-day basis. And there's a number of problems that it solves. Initially, it was dealing with paper records and having to uh, contend with that burgeoning, you know, file drawers in the back of the clinic, bags and briefcases carried around when a health practitioner worked from different locations, as an example. So having an anywhere, anytime healthcare record was one of the first solutions that we implemented. And then being able to actually support the the model that we were starting to see in the early days was that people uh, were generally operating their own clinics, but some of the innovators in the space were actually choosing to rent or share space in other settings. 
so that it, they didn't necessarily anchor themselves on a permanent clinic, but they would actually start to work within, you know, serviced offices, for example, or in other clinics that were already established and they'd share a room, for example. And so being able to move around and have that electronic uh, health record made a real difference in doing that because it was all easily accessible anywhere, anytime. And with that, there was the corresponding administration that had to be dealt with. And one of the main customer groups that we focused on in the early days were psychologists. And so Medicare became a really important part of being able to support the psychologists in submitting claims on behalf of the, uh, the clients that they were seeing. And, and so being able to deliver an anywhere, anytime claim became a solution to that as well. So that if you're going to take healthcare into a different location during and throughout the day, then why wait till you get home at night or yeah. to the end of the week to actually do the administration and claiming support. So there was a bit of an evolution there. But in, in broad terms, the, the main things that we are focused on uh, helping our customers with are embedded in the name. So it's a core system and we see ourselves as a core system for any healthcare provider but not exclusively the only system. We see ourselves as being the essential ingredients. And the word core, aside from meaning, you know, the innermost part of something or, or you know, that central pillar that you can sort of build on, in a mm. sense, it's an acronym that drives our sense of what are the main things that health providers are contending with on average day to day. And that is uh, they need to get paid, so C for cash flow. And so we are constantly focused on how we bring that anywhere, anytime payment functionality or support the actual mainstream payers being integrated into the uh, platform and, and supporting all kinds of healthcare provision and payments associated with it. The O stands for online add-ons. Uh, and so it's about actually developing that ecosystem around the core. And that's kind of extended through the term plus. And so the implication is that, you know, you have your core system to start your practice. So if you're a sole practitioner, just starting out, you're in the startup phase, Core Plus will probably do most of what you need, but at some point as you start to grow, you will start to become more aware of other things that you need to do in order to extend out and connect yourself either uh, between yourself and your client or, or with yourself and other uh, referrers um, in the network of healthcare providers. And so the online add-ons become um, quite valuable at that point in time. The third part of it is R for referrals. And this is a major a major problem to solve. And I think we're well on the way to doing it at the moment. And I'll talk a little bit more later about what's coming up in 2020 and beyond and what we've already done in the areas of referrals. But we recognise that unfortunately allied health don't get as much financial love from the government when it comes to systems and incentives. General practice, for example, hospitals, a lot of the test industry uh, it's fairly well supported when it comes to making changes in the industry, as well as there are a lot of standards that support how to actually do that as well. A lot of education, a lot of training that goes with it. But allied health tend to be having the 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 risk and the responsibility of being APRA or even you know self-regulated professional bodies. So they have the burden of being healthcare providers, but they're kind of still business people who have to make ends meet on a day-to-day basis out there. And it's astounding to me how much money people spend on Google just to actually promote themselves in the market. That's sort of one example of a, a potential problem for a health provider is being able to market yourself out there to acquire new clients and, and to get access to, to new clients who are looking for your services or the service types that you provide. And that seems really uh, counterintuitive uh, given that there's so much demand for healthcare services in Australia. It's just not being well orchestrated through the healthcare system. And so the idea of R for referrals is to make sure that we actually find ways to interoperate with 
streams of patient referrals, be it from general practice or other digital health programs that are um, spooling up around Australia, thankfully now more than ever, which give us the opportunity then to actually bring points of care together to cooperate and to kind of form collaborations around the interests of a client and the type of healthcare outcomes that they're looking for. And underpinning all that, Peter, is uh, E for eHealth, which has pivoted language. You know, when we started what today is called Digital Health by the Australian Digital Health Agency, we were calling eHealth back in 2009, 2010, when we, we founded the company. And, and, and the way I generally talk to that is that it's kind of like airbags and anti-locking brakes in the car. You're not buying the car for that reason, but you just want to make sure that you're safe. And the way that eHealth works and the digital health standards work within Core Plus mean that you're able to uh, receive and send healthcare information between different points of care in a secure, safe and seamless way. And, and that's really important for, I guess, the ever-evolving world of data breach and the potential risks associated with um, data being anywhere, anytime. It's an important, uh, subtle value proposition for our customers. They're not sort of getting out of bed every day stressed out about data issues, but everybody wants to know that they're dealing with a safe and secure system. And so CORE represents those things, Peter. So hopefully uh, that's a pretty good summary of uh, what we're about and and what problems we, we aim to solve. I like how you fit it into an acronym as well. That's good. Did the acronym come first or the name come first? How does that all kind of come together? No, we looked at the key things that were uh, core features or, core, or essential core ingredients for a platform to have in the context of allied health and then played around with, uh, you know, I, I'm going to use the word payments, claims, cash flow, and then eventually the acronym came out of it. It's important. It helps you remember what, what's, what's central to the business. Hey, I, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking in, I know the world of, I guess, GP and hospital space pretty well. Allied I'm okay with, but I, I think about developing technology for allied health. It, it, it's a group, but it's such a big group of, of practitioners and, and, yeah. and professionals. And it's it's almost like, you like you're talking about developing a, a solution for psychologists like you've got to start somewhere but you you can't be everything for everyone that is that a day-to-day challenge for for yourselves in that kind of space or how do you grapple with all of that i i actually believe that we should have a very narrow focus when we founded core plus and the market told us otherwise because we we initially designed for a psychologist and before we knew it we were attracting psychologists, physios, chiros, podiatrists, sleep technicians, remedial massage therapists, you know, osteopaths, occupational therapists, uh, speech pathologists, you know, the list just went on and on. And what dawned on us is that there was an extremely big underserviced uh, segment of healthcare. And yeah, as the name implies, it's allied. Yeah, it's sort of seen as, you know, everyone else other than general practitioners or, you know, dentists or optometrists as an example, and some of the specialists that work in and around hospitals. But yeah, it is very broad, but generally speaking, uh, you know, they're operating businesses, they're dealing day to day with with people, they are having longer duration appointments, generally with, with their clients. They've got to staff it, they've got to administrate it, they've got to work on it. So, you know, we started to see patterns emerging around where most of the needs of each of those different practitioners kind of converged around a, a pattern. And, and so, you know, we essentially future-proofed our business model by sticking to a set of rails that meant that we were a lot of things to a lot of practitioners, but not all things. Mm. 
and we and we wanted to be really clear in our strategy that we wouldn't be 100% of any one type of practitioner's needs. A, it's really expensive to try and do that across more than one type of um, customer mm. uh, when you think about it. And two, and probably most importantly, I think that would have been an insane strategy given the way that, you know, the Silicon Valley and a lot of sort of startup ecosystems were propagating around the world where you can actually see the trend emerging that you no longer could think uh, like being just one big piece of software. Hmm. Like that just didn't make sense anymore. There was a time, there was a time in our lives where, you know, there, there was, there was a, a small number of very large software vendors and they had lots of modules within their software hmm. and they tried to cater for the customer in every possible dimension. And those business models no longer architecturally the right way to move forward with the, probably the rare exception of, you know, the, the super tech companies like uh, Google, Microsoft and Apple as an example. But you can see that even those ones have made themselves very interoperable and have cultivated a, a very diverse ecosystem of innovators that could actually take subsets of what they do and do it better. And, and, and that really philosophically made a lot of sense to us where we thought, no, the health tech innovation will come and, and we really need to see that come out of the actual healthcare industry itself rather than try and be everything to everyone. And so we stayed quite horizontal in that respect. And, and that's essentially, you know, one of the key value propositions of Core Plus at the moment. Makes a lot of sense. Stepping out more broadly, thinking about you in the, the industry, you've cultivated quite a community amongst obviously Core Plus users, but also just broadly about, about health tech X and reimagining healthcare. You, you've, got, you've got a few little, not little at all, a few strings in the bow that, that keep you busy. Tell us specifically about health tech X and what, what that's all about. So Health Tech X, it's, it's a project to attract people who self-select or self-identify as healthcare innovators. And the type of healthcare innovators that we're looking for, healthcare innovators in a clinical context, healthcare innovators in a technical context, healthcare innovators in a cultural development and transformation context, and, and investors who want to support healthcare innovation. So there are four distinct types of people that HealthTechX is appealing to and saying, come and get involved with, with HealthTechX. And there's two broad um, strategic objectives for HealthTechX, and that is to um, co-create events and or ventures that ultimately get us towards this our vision, which is to achieve a world of integrated digital health empowerment for all people. And we really want to see how we can fill in the gaps how we can start to create a system that is uh, not fragmented, that, that uh, doesn't operate in isolation of itself, but actually starts to be a much more cohesive uh, healthcare system where collaboration potential, cooperation potential, the evolution towards in particular achieving that kind of idea of, hey, where is the healthcare system? Well, it's wherever I am. You know, I'm the centre of the healthcare system. So if I happen to be at home, then the healthcare system the edge of the healthcare system could be interfacing with me via, you know, wearables, via, uh, via a computer uh, with a camera on it, you know, via a telephone. It doesn't, it, it needs to sort of think, think it through in that context where we can actually immerse each of us as citizens and as um, consumers of healthcare into uh, a world of reality-based healthcare and virtual healthcare. And bring those two worlds together, mm-hmm. and there's no one solution that's going to do it. And so, HealthTechX is um, at the heart of it a crowdsourcing initiative, which is trying to break down those 
capital raising barriers and those restrictions that we have when we're trying to bring ideas to the fore in the startup community. You know, we typically go off and try and do a pitch to a set of investors and they are overwhelmed by people who want their money as a starting point. And secondly, they may not have the subject matter expertise to really understand the opportunity and the need um, in a given space. And so Health Tech X is about actually saying, no, let's really concentrate and get very focused around health and technology as opposed to any tech in any kind of vertical, any kind of industry mm-hmm. and really bring that subject matter expertise. And you know what? If we can't get a cash investor up front, let's see if we can get people investing their own time and effort and their own resources into something so that an idea can actually start to be developed and showcased so that you know the healthcare industry can, can look at it and, and really make some sense out of it at that point in time rather than imagining the possibility of a, a really nice PowerPoint presentation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, I mean, I've seen you quite active on socials and you've got events and you've got other kind of bits and pieces happening. Practically, what does it actually involve? What do people do when they're part of uh, Health Tech X? One of the uh, main strategies is to develop a community. And so coming together into a space, be it, you know, physically or online, is about us networking together and building relationships with each other. And through that, there's a discovery process where, you know, we can start to work out what we each can bring to, to the, you know, the, the, the health tech X community, you know, so I might be very strong commercially, but you know, you might be very strong as a technical developer. And so there's a very good synergy between us in terms of how we actually work through a particular opportunity or a problem or an idea that we could innovate with. And then, you know, there may be a gap between us in terms of what our skill set and our capability is, but then we find somebody who is a subject matter expert in a particular uh, subset of healthcare, as an example. And so all of a sudden, we've gone from being one lonely me out there trying to think about a problem to solve, to now being two, three, maybe four people mm. who are now bringing this, you know, these, these uh, multiple perspectives together around that same opportunity or same problem. And that's part of why we use the letter X in, um, in Health Tech X. We really wanted to show these four points converging in the middle. And, and, you know, in, in, for those sort of marketing people out there or branding savvy people, there's a negative space in the Health Tech X logo, which implies that it's there to be filled. And when, and when the four of us come together, those four perspectives, the investor's perspective, the subject matter expert's perspective, the innovative health provider and the technical person who can translate it into, into technology or system, there's a great opportunity to actually do something that is super solid it's got a, a really low uh, risk of failure because it's actually got the right founders formulating around that particular problem or idea. Mm. And we've got a much better chance of success um, by actually doing it. And, you know, there's, there's some IP in the background in terms of method and know-how and an approach to go through it, mm. which is part of the, the foundation of Health Tech X and actually supporting health tech innovation uh, from inception to something that's actually in the market and uh, living its own life from that point onwards. Got it. Oh, that's quite a vision. Hey, look, just just swinging back to Allied for a second. It, I mean, that's definitely your bag, which it can differ and it, and it has similarities to other kind of areas. And it's in and, in and of itself, it's it it, ha- it has its own challenges that, that the providers face in this particular area. We, we, I think we've broadly covered some of these, but you know, to to really kind of highlight, 
what are some of the, the, the key challenges that providers face in the allied space and how can technology provide the guide rails in, in, in your words to, to help address those those challenges? Yeah, there's quite, a, there's quite a number of them. So I'll sort of go through what I think are the main ones. I touched on it earlier. I think, I think when we look at the disease burdens on the Australian healthcare system, there uh, is clearly a lot of need to bring mental health, physical therapy and nutritional wellness uh, to the forefront of everybody's health plans for their life, you know, in terms of what our goals are, what our aspirations are for our own health. I mean, we don't all have to be hit by a bus in order to need healthcare. There's also the the mainstream side of healthcare, which is basically, I, I kind of think I'm okay. I don't really think I need to visit healthcare on a day-to-day basis right now. But it's sort of, there's, we are slowly becoming less and less healthy and, uh, you know, the determinants of healthcare are getting more complicated. We're seeing, we're seeing statistically that our population is getting less healthy. Mm. And so I think we need to kind of reimagine the way that each of us actually thinks about healthcare and not just sees it as a, an acute response, but actually sees it as something that's more integrated and more, more part of our lives. It's almost like having a team around you where you are having experts in their own field, like experts in physiology, experts in nutrition, experts in mental health, for example, who you can actually form a long-term lifelong alliance with to um, help you move through, you know, when all things are good, generally, you, you're, you're getting to a level of optimal health care. So you know what your optimal health position is, and, and, and then you're educated and supported to be able to maintain that. But then there's when you sort of become suboptimal and you need to have something that's a little bit more intensive or a little bit more involved for a short period of time, three, six months, nine months, whatever the case is, to sort of get you back on track. Mm. And, and so with all that demand out there, you know, we are still seeing a lot of private practices and clinics who are feeling as though they have to um, spend a lot of money uh, on advertising and marketing to actually get people to see them. Mm. And, uh, and so I think that's um, not going to bring the cost of healthcare down, which is sort of something I hear a lot about in, in the healthcare industries. How do we bring the cost of healthcare down? Mm. You know, if a, if a small practice needs to be spending a couple of thousand dollars a month just to attract, you know, five or 10 new clients, mm. you know, the client acquisition costs are very high. And that means that the price needs to reflect some kind of opportunity to recover that advertising cost and then cover the costs of running the business of healthcare in the process. Mm. So I really see that as something that we've really got to address for, for us as a healthcare system. And I think the right way to be doing that is actually breaking down the barriers between different types of health practitioners and, and cultivating a more a collaborative and cooperative type of healthcare system where you can still be your own business in healthcare. You can still own your little patch, so to speak, but there's nothing stopping you from actually referring to or receiving referrals from other healthcare service providers in and around your area. And the journey doesn't always need to start with a GP referral. Mm. I think we've sort of um, got to push some boundaries here to actually say, look, is it possible that if I'm a 100% physiotherapy focused clinic and I've got a, a client who's presenting with some weight issues, why can't I then cooperate with a nutritional expert down the road or perhaps a, uh, a sleep disorder management clinic up the road or perhaps a uh, mental health therapist down the road as well. And we can start to sort of, you know, think about recontextualizing the way that we can cooperate with each other. So we don't have to own and operate everything. What we can do is actually just cooperate more as a system 
And ultimately, the beneficiaries would be the client who's now getting concierge through the healthcare system and is actually being supported in a, in a much more valuable way than just one service. They're having a much more of a holistic approach in the way that they're actually dealing with their healthcare issues. And, and the various healthcare providers involved are actually building a network, you know, sort of a community, if you will, of collaboration around the interests of that, of that individual. Mm. And if we could do that for one, we can do that for many. So I think, I think that's uh, something for us to put our heads to, you know, together with. And, and Core Plus is taking action in that, in, 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 in a sense, towards that by participating in national proof of concepts with the Australian Digital Health Agency in actually connecting Core Plus with GP systems, specialist systems other allied healthcare systems in dealing with that kind of heavy lifting around the integrations and the standards in allowing healthcare information to be exchanged. Mm. And so setting up a system that can actually support that and now working with education partners and mentors and coaches to actually educate them on that vision and that possibility so that we can start to see some of the influence around cultural transformation Mm. that starts to get us towards better. Got Got it. So it sounds a bit like a vision for for what you see as the future for like a a practitioner, you know, a, a more collaborative ecosystem, a, a culture of specialising in a particular area, but also being aware of a broader network to be able to look at a more holistic approach to um, solving health needs for for a patient. You know, it's a very patient centric approach. Is, is that is that what you you think we need to evolve towards as um, as healthcare practitioners? I think as a healthcare system. That's what we need to do. I still think the specialisations within each of the practitioner types is absolutely key. Mm. It's hard to be a master of all domains. Totally. But the cooperation between different points of care, I think, is is very key to success. Mm. And a, a very simple analogy, you know, if, if for example, you're spending, you know, $1,000 a month, which predominantly, you know, Medicare or private health insurer or perhaps even some of the other payers in the space are actually paying most of that or supporting fees for that. If you're spending $1,000 a month and you get, you know, five new clients, you know, on average that's costing you $200 a client. Yeah. And which means that to break even on the first appointment, you've got to charge $200 plus mm. to actually get get your money back, so to speak. And that's that's not normal. Uh, it's You need to kind of then build in that you're likely to have multiple appointments with a person. And you start to then have these other problems and associated challenges where, well, if somebody just shows up for one appointment and, and doesn't show up for the next one, mm. you're at a loss, you know, and the healthcare system loses, the, the client's losing as well because they're not actually investing in their own healthcare outcome. Mm. But then you've got a system that's really inefficient and clunky and, it, and we run the risk of actually having some of our health providers not be financially sustainable mm. and, you know, drop out of the system, which, you know, causes supply side issues, shortages, We've already got challenges in the space with um, with burnouts. It's a very highly intensive personal exertion service model, and so, you know, as a system, I think you know we we should be mindful of that and actually start to think about how we can actually um, really encourage that that cooperation as a healthcare system. So that you know, if if you've got a physio down the road, just going back to my earlier example, who does refer through to the nutritional specialist that nutritional specialist received a $0 client acquisition. Didn't cost them any money in Google, didn't cost them any advertising. Hmm. And, and they got a trusted advisor refer that client through to them. So already the, the mindset of the client is that they are being nurtured and supported and, and cultivated by the healthcare system, going to the right place at the right time for the right type of service. And already the, the industry is better off because 
we haven't had to spend money to actually bring to the attention of that that uh, client that there is a nutritional specialist down the road. Mm. It's actually the healthcare system that's actually promoting itself and saying we have healthcare providers that can help you. Yeah. We have a nutritionist down the road. Mm. We have a psychologist up the road. We have a podiatrist adjacent. So we're actually now working together in the interest of the client. And in doing that, I, I to me, it makes it's log- it's a logical um, conclusion I reached that everybody would be better better off. The business of healthcare would be better off. The client's going to be better off. The practitioners are going to be better off. Everybody just wins in that kind of scenario. Mm. It, it, it makes a lot of sense. It's uh, something definitely for us to all to work towards. Hey, look, to bring things back to Core Plus to close things out, then Yanni, you mentioned at the start there's a lot of exciting things happening for you guys in 2020 and beyond. What, what's on the horizon for Core Plus this year? Well, we've uh, been developing a KPI dashboard for allied health practices, and that's going to continue to evolve. We already have a significant number of our clients who are feeding back into that process at the moment. And I think there's a lot of value for the broader community around that through 2020 and beyond, because I think a lot of people who work in their own business are constantly thinking, how's my business going? How's it tracking relative to you know my peers in the industry? And and so having, having a, a reference point for yourself to be able to track, I think it's really good. And also for your staff and, and your team development, your cultural development. And we're going to be extending those into clinical KPIs as well. So we're developing a process around patient reported outcome measurement frameworks and, and patient reported experience measurement frameworks. So that's something that I'm personally very excited about. And I, I hope that we do see it this side of the end of 2020. There's quite a bit of R&D going on in that space at the moment. And we're also looking at how we actually embrace different types of care delivery models. So telehealth is now integrated into Core Plus and we have a number of um, add-ons that also support telehealth and team-based systems as well. So we'll be continuing to uh, cultivate a, uh, an education and an evolution for our clients to actually be able to embrace online practice and not necessarily see telehealth as this uh, technical language that's somewhere over there that doesn't really apply to me but actually start to think about it as something that can be used a little. You know, you don't have to change your whole business model or the whole mm. way that the clinic operates just to do telehealth. But you might just start experimenting with it and dabbling with it because it might be that there's a lot of value for your client in actually just having an interaction with you online rather than driving 20 minutes, half an hour, 40 minutes, parking a car mm. and coming to visit you. In other words, they... They, they could have a shorter visit with you online and still pay you something and, and get something valuable out of it in terms of the information, the content, or even just the attention that you provide. Who knows exactly where that will go? But there's certainly a spectrum of innovators in the space that are going full telehealth. But I would like to see the majority of healthcare, particularly the allied health, start to experiment and dabble with it and see whether they can actually start to perhaps recontextualize their relationship with their clients. So it's not always one-to-one physical services that are provided. It could actually be partially physical, high-value type service offerings and partially remote communication-based support Mm. for the healthcare outcome Mm. using telehealth. So 2020 is kind of an expansion of that idea going forward. We're also, we have released for those uh, standard-based people out there, a FIRE API interoperability with um, the Australian Digital Health Agency's standards around um, directories lookup mm-hmm. and and we're rolling that out with our client community to be able to support the idea of actually being able to encourage that cross referral and cross collaboration and sharing of healthcare information between different points of care and we're supporting the 
HL7 2.3.1 as well as the 2.4 standard uh, for the technical boffins out there. And, and we're in a proof of concept at the moment with the Australian Digital Health Agency, which uh, they announced very recently, called the Service Registration Assistant, which promises a lot. And I'm right behind this particular idea. Basically means that a, a practice that's sitting on Core Plus can have a one-to-many relationship with updating its um, practice details, who its practitioners are, uh, what type of specialisations it's offering, which locations it provides services to, and, and in a sense, that starts to get us closer to, to that idea of being able to promote different points of care to each other, make, make them aware that they exist, whilst also having a very robust set of up-to-date information around every single point of care that's connected to the National Digital Health Network. And so that's, that's a couple of things going on as well. And there's a couple of, I'll, I'll, I'll trail off, there's quite a few really, really cool things in communication between uh, the practices and their clients as well. But I'll make further announcements towards the middle of the year around that. So much going on, and that's uh, that's only in the core plus space. So that's that's a lot to keep you busy. I, I do like that advice to practitioners, particularly in the allied space, of not having to feel like they have to boil the ocean or you know completely transform the way they do things because um, ain't nobody got time for that at the moment. But if there are ways for you to introduce a little bits and pieces to be able to level up the offering, then technology can certainly you know provide a baseline to do that and then it's all up to the provider to be able to add their flair on how that how that works so some some great advice there yanni thank you i was just going to say peter i think it's just one of those things where when when you're in healthcare stop thinking like a healthcare provider and just think like an everyday person and ask yourself how are you interacting with organizations that are supplying you with goods and services and and if the majority of that is in part online as well as in the real world, that's probably going to be what your patients and your clients are going to expect from you as well. Hmm. So you don't have to change at once. I mean, there was a report that came out uh, today from the Australian Institute of Health and Wellness, and they're talking about uh, the percentage of Australians that are experiencing barriers, for example, in accessing healthcare services. And it is, it's, it's slightly biased towards the general practice and specialist area, but I, I, I think the statistic... And, and I guess what we can take away from it is that it's quite a significant percentage of people who would like to access healthcare, who are choosing not to because of those barriers. Hmm. And it could be distance. It could be that uh, it's a little bit too far to go out of their way at this point in time, or it could be the mode of delivery as well. Uh, so, you know, that whole requirement to physically visit healthcare is actually a barrier for a um, statistically significant number of Australians. And so, you know, maybe having a video call available or, you know, being able to communicate via SMS could just actually start to open the door towards a person who needs healthcare, who needs your services to get closer and get involved. And then you start to build the relationship from there. Amazing. Thank you, Yanni. Wise words. Look, I'll, I'll put some links in the show notes to all, all the different initiatives that you've got going on, particularly in, in relation to Core Plus and Health Tech X. So lots of reading and learning and um, engaging to be done. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks for listening to Talking Health Tech. My name is Peter Birch. Go check out the website, contribute to the forum, listen to other episodes and get in touch with feedback about the show because collaboration starts with a conversation. Speak to you next time.